when we boil down what holds humans back, it is our ingrained survival mechanism, which is tied to fear. But something that keeps fear in place is shame about who we are and shame about what we have achieved and the fear of exposing ourselves. And I think this is very common when it comes to entrepreneurship. This is where imposter syndrome ties in. And what holds entrepreneurs back is fear and fear of being found out or humiliated. And this ties into shame. This is episode number 46 with Karenina Janigan. Welcome to the Mindset Horizon podcast. My name is Tibor Nagy, mindset and performance coach and the founder of Mindset Horizon. The mission of this weekly show is to reveal the disruptive mindset of purpose-driven entrepreneurs, high performers, visionaries, and change makers, so you can transform your mindset, realize your full potential, and execute on your dreams. Thank you so much for tuning in today. Now let's get started. What is up, Mindset Nation? Welcome back to the Mindset Horizon podcast. I'm excited to announce that today's episode is brought to you by Podcasters Paradise. As a mission and impact-driven entrepreneur, thought leader, visionary, and change maker, have you ever thought of increasing your online visibility, building credibility, and scaling your impact and business by starting your own podcast? If you answer this question with hell yeah, now, this is your chance. According to Edison Research in the US, podcasting is one of the fastest growing medium. Since I started podcasting, I knew I needed to invest in myself, learn more about podcasting, and surround myself with the best minds in the podcasting industry. This is how I became part of the number one online community for podcasters called Podcasters Paradise, created by John Lee Dumas, founder and host of Entrepreneurs on Fire, one of the most successful top-ranked and award-winning podcasts. So if you're ready to start your own podcast, build credibility, and scale your impact and business, I highly recommend checking out Podcasters Paradise at MindsetHorizon.com forward slash paradise. That's again MindsetHorizon.com forward slash paradise. You can also find the links on our show notes page at mindsethorizon.com forward slash podcast. If you have any questions after checking out the Podcasters Paradise page or you want to know more about my incredibly positive experiences with Podcasters Paradise, shoot me an email at tibor at mindsethorizon.com or DM me on Instagram at tibor.mindsethorizon. I'm very much looking forward to hearing from you and so without further ado, Let's dive into today's episode. My guest today is Karenina Janigan, and in today's episode, Karenina and I talk about everything connected to money mindset, female entrepreneurship, and overcoming limiting beliefs to experience a breakthrough in business. We dive deeper into the spiritual way of looking at money and why becoming aware of your emotions around money is the first step to transforming your limiting beliefs about money. We also discuss limiting beliefs that hold female entrepreneurs back, how these beliefs are driving their behaviors and therefore their results and how to shift them. Karenina also explains how fear and shame hold people back from stepping into their greatness and why the limiting beliefs that are tied to identity are the most resistant to change and what to do about it. And now a couple of words about today's guest. So Karenina Janigan was born by the beach in Santa Cruz, California to an American father and Norwegian mother. She quickly learned the importance of nonverbal communication and how to adapt to a new environment when she moved to above the Arctic Circle in Norway as a child. Never fully settling into the new country, developing a chronic condition that left her debilitated after over 100 surgical procedures and dealing with ADHD and PTSD fueled her determination to seek answers and find her own truth and identity. As a master practitioner of neurolinguistic programming, hypnosis and mental emotional release with a strong background in project management, communication management, sports performance and holistic health, Karenina overcame her own challenges and turned around and helped others do the same. 
Entrepreneurs of all varieties have been flying to her from the US, Canada, and Europe for the past seven years to go through her signature two-day breakthrough process to return home and triple revenues, build businesses, save marriages, and heal chronic conditions. She has a special place in her heart for female entrepreneurs who truly want to master the energy of success, prosperity, and well-being. So Mindset Nation, without any further ado, let's bring on today's guest. Hi, Karenina, and welcome to the show. Hi, Tibor. So great to be here. Yeah, I'm so excited to, to have you on the show and have this conversation with you today. And as I mentioned in the beginning, uh, you are a breakthrough specialist and success mindset coach. But I would like to ask you to, to talk to us a little bit more about yourself. Mm. Uh, I want to start with this, your, your story, entrepreneurial journey, uh, basically how you got where you are today, uh, becoming a breakthrough specialist and success mindset coach. Awesome. Yes. So I'll start all the way back to when I was born in Santa Cruz, California. Uh, I was born to an American father and a Norwegian mother. And when my parents got divorced, when I was around six, my sister and I moved with my mother to Norway above the Arctic Circle. And so at an early age, I wow. was, <laughs> yes, I went from basically being a beach bum to living in the dark Arctic. And not only... Wow, that's a huge Yes. Uh, so not only was the physical, the geographical environment very different socially and interpersonally, it was very different. Culturally, it was very different. So I went from a culture that is very focused on the I, like me, and achievement, and being outgoing, and being liked, to and being liked for that, to a culture where you are not supposed to stand out or be different than anyone else. So it was quite mm, the contrast, wow. you know, being outgoing as a person, and then being sent to across the globe and having to learn how to not be that. So at an early age, I started you know, feeling like an outsider, feeling different, I should say. And, mm -hmm. you know, navigating linguistic barriers also when you're young, it forces you to have to learn nonverbal communication very quickly. So wow. at an early age, I had to navigate cultural differences, nonverbal communication, and learning about who I truly was, even in a society that felt like it didn't really accept my natural, outgoing, performing, you know, I was always like singing and dancing uh, kind of person. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Yeah. So you know, and I, and I have always been very active and always enjoyed uh, feeling alive. So I would seek out somewhat extreme experiences in sports. And uh, I was just always thrill-seeking, <laughs> if you will. And in my teens, I developed a chronic and quote-unquote incurable condition that I've unfortunately had to have over a hundred surgeries for in my lifetime. And I was also diagnosed with ADHD. So, <laughs> um, you know, I was, I was bouncing around from being super active and sometimes even reckless and getting injured to being sick with my condition and having surgeries and then also trying to be a normal person and, you know, be social and connect with people. And so I felt like I was constantly bouncing around from those three different states. And it, I felt very unsettled, uh, to say the least. And in my late 20s, I decided after hearing you know, I'd seen three doctors and no, sorry, over 40 doctors in three different countries. I 
was really tired of struggling with you know ADHD and having to be on medication for it. And I just knew that there was something else. And well, actually in my, my late teens, I started my personal growth journey because my dad saw that I was struggling and he was into personal growth himself. Mm -hmm. So he handed me a book one day and said, yeah, you know, your mom and I didn't do such a great job, but I can't fix you, but I can help you. So here, take this book and go figure things out. And so (laughs) I started my journey quite early and also uh, got to go to Tony Robbins when I was 22. And so I really started changing my life early, but it wasn't until I was in my late 20s where I truly took matters into my own hands. And I essentially healed all my symptoms. And when I had done that, I said to myself, I can't sit on this myself. I have to go out and help other people. So that's when I started attracting entrepreneurs and they began to fly to me from all over the US, Canada and Europe to have me help them transform their lives and their businesses. Wow, that's incredible. That's an incredible story. And uh, you know, I was just wondering because you mentioned this book from your father like uh, was it some kind of uh, <laughs> I was just curious. <laughs> was it some kind of a transformational book or what was the book? Yes. That? Yes, yeah. it was. So it's it's a little known book, but it's called Awareness by Anthony DeMello. And really what I learned from that book was, I mean, he teaches many great things in that book, but the biggest takeaway that I had from that book was the pain that we experience We do not have to let that consume us. If we become aware of it, we can allow the pain that we experience in our lives to move through us instead of get stuck inside of us. And Mm -hmm. when I learned that, I learned to handle my own pain and my own trauma from being so sick and ending up in hospitals and emergency rooms, you know, very frequently. And also interpersonally, I began to understand that our emotions don't have to be trapped inside of us. Although it took me many years to fully be able to practice that because human emotions are pretty strong. So but the concept yeah. of allowing pain to pass through us instead of consume us was the biggest takeaway there. Wow, that's that's amazing because I'm a huge fan of awareness and I have a formula that I created. I call it the AIM formula, which is about awareness, intention, mindset mastery and manifestation, like how someone can uh, cultivate or create a better life. Mm. And I I'm a huge believer of that everything starts with this awareness piece that we, you know, uh, get aware of these things that, or basically we can observe those thoughts or beliefs. And then we, when we are able to do so, we, uh, we detach ourselves from those thoughts, beliefs, emotions, and, you know, we can just observe those things from an outside point of view and we can, uh, detach beliefs or thoughts. So awareness is, is a really mm-hmm. important piece, I think. Yes. And, uh, I know that you, yeah, you got into NLP, Tony Robbins and everything. So my intention here with this conversation is really to help people, uh, you know, start eliminating their limiting beliefs, focusing on entrepreneurs and maybe the money mindset part. So talk to us a little bit about this journey of getting into NLP and learning about the mind. So, you know, like Tony Robbins teaches, it all comes down to your state. And if you can change your state, you can change your mind. And um, I do believe in most of everything he teaches. And as I mentioned, I started attracting entrepreneurs from the very beginning of my career as a breakthrough coach, as a breakthrough specialist. And 
by now I've trademarked my own process, much like you've developed your aim process. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. but I started attracting entrepreneurs because they saw the power in the change that I was able to create in myself in the beginning. And then they started telling all their friends, <laughs> basically. But there is something about, yeah. you know, and I've helped entrepreneurs have breakthroughs in their health where they've healed chronic conditions that are incurable. I've helped them um, double and triple their revenues, um, heal marriages, save businesses, and so on and so forth. I've, I've seen literal miracles happen. But there was a... There is a special subcategory of entrepreneurs that really um, has a special place in my heart, and that is female entrepreneurs and the money conversation. And, And the reason for this is, you know, what I discovered in my own journey around money as well is... Mm-hmm. It really isn't ever about the money. <laughs> uh, it yeah. really is about how we see ourselves, our our self worth, our worth in the world, and the value that we contribute. And women tend to have a another layer of challenges when it comes to money. That men still have it, but it's more prominent in women. And that is the self-worth and value conversation. And as we know, you know, still globally, the discrepancy between what a man earns and what a woman earns is still tangible. It's visible. And um, it's part of why I'm so passionate about this is because we're really not living in an age anymore where there should be any difference between men and women. And we really need to be in a conversation of what value we're contributing in the world. And, um, and women, I've seen this happen time and time again, where they might feel confident about what they do and what results they can give, but they don't charge enough or the women Mm -hmm. that I'm really working with right now are the women who are earning money, but they're starting to see like they feel stuck at a plateau. They feel like they've hit a glass ceiling and they're starting to feel really unfulfilled because they have the money, they have the stuff, but there's this big piece that's missing and it's causing them to really, they're, they're drained. They're becoming less and less of a, good person. They're being more difficult to be around. And they're just, they feel like if they don't change something, they're going to lose it all because they really don't like what they have. So the money conversation, again, I love helping entrepreneurs change their relationship with money, but it really all starts in a very different place inside. Yeah, I can I can imagine. It's it's a wonderful um uh group of people, I think. Yeah, it's 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 a really interesting conversation. And you mentioned confidence, which is uh which is becoming one of my favorite topics amongst others, of course, but you also mentioned state and getting into this state of confidence consciously so that we can perform at our best or, you know, charge that amount of money or whatever it is because as you mentioned, also value. Like if I don't value myself at the moment, you know, I'm I'm not really in the state of charging that that much or so, or don't have this confidence at least. Other times I might have this confidence because um, because I'm on in that state of feeling confident or whatever it is. But would you just talk to us a little bit more about this conversation around self-worth or or value like how do you approach these conversations yeah so i think you know even if the millennials are now not the youngest generation there's still a lot left over from the previous generations when it comes to how we see money and mm-hmm. time and value mm-hmm. and so we're still very much operating in a paradigm of trading time for money. 
Yeah. And uh, we look from, we we can often find ourselves price shopping between, even in the coaching industries, like, mm-hmm. what can I get from this coach? How many sessions will I get from this coach versus this coach over here? And that's an entirely wrong conversation to have in today's day and age, because we're no longer trading time for money. And if we get stuck in that paradigm, then we'll ultimately lose. And I think a lot of coaches or entrepreneurs who are emerging now, they still are operating from a paradigm of trading time for money Mm -hmm. instead of trading results for money and value for money. And so if we can make that shift to look at who, who are we and what value are we contributing? What results are we giving to someone and yeah. have them pay for the results, not for how much time we're spending on getting them the results. Mm-hmm. So that's something that I really work with my ladies on is identify what it is that your results are and how much that's worth. And quite frankly, okay, this is not necessarily going to make things very easy, but the results that you offer have different value to different people. And so if one of the things that is important to you is getting to a place where you're generating more money and working less, then you need to simply find the person or the people that are going to value your results at a higher level rate. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So there are people out there, that's for sure. So <laughs> it's uh, yeah. about finding that uh, customer segment maybe. And I also wanted to ask you about the limiting beliefs that these people or female entrepreneurs might have around money. And you also talk about spiritual relationship with money or feelings about money. So yeah, so For me, spiritual, I'll just start with the spirituality because I believe that that's what's all encompassing and spirituality for some, it it doesn't have anything to do with religion. It has more to do with how you see the world and how you believe that the world is connected. And from that perspective, money is not really a thing. Money is more of an energy And if you have blocks to energy, you also have blocks to money. And what I mean by this is if you can think about yourself in a, this is where the confidence comes in. If you are in a confident state, if you are in a joyful state, if you are in a playful state, all of those states tend to generate more energy than For example, a stressed out state or a fearful state or, Mm. you know, an angry or anxious state. So really when I'm working with my clients, it's about finding what are the energies that the states that you need to be in more often so that you can generate more money and more energy. And everything is connected in my worldview, in my paradigm. And when you can zoom out far enough to see that, that's when you can use those forces, if you will, to help you grow. So when you see that money isn't necessarily something physical that's being exchanged between a client and you, but you can rather see it as part of a greater ecosystem where you are providing value in the world. And this particular client is just one of the, one of the ways that your the universe is, is paying you, if you will, giving you that exchange of energy because of what you put out in the world. So that's, That's a little bit about the spiritual relationship with money. When it comes to the feelings, a lot of us, and this goes into what you talked about, awareness. A Mm -hmm. lot of us are completely 
numb to what it is that we're feeling and thinking about things. And we're mostly running off of subconscious programs and we don't put much thought into it. So we don't ask questions about, you know, why, why am I charging what I'm charging or how come all my clients consistently are late with their payments or uh, how do I feel about charging this number versus this number? And what do I do with the money? How do I feel when the money comes into my account? And so if you can look at asking for money, the process of receiving money and the process of having and using money, how do you think and feel? And a lot of us, when we start asking those questions and we start paying attention using our awareness, we can see that we have a lot of thoughts and emotions around money that are not that comfortable and that are full of fear. And we have beliefs about money or asking and receiving and using money that make us feel stressed out. And when we can become aware of that, that's when we can change those things. And we won't be able to change them until at least awareness is in place. And when it comes to the self-worth conversation, a lot of women, and this goes for men too, but again, this is a special thing for women, is that we can often see that we deliver value in the world, but when we go to charge money or ask for money, we suddenly revert back to, oh, well, I'm a nice person, or I want to people please, or or I want to make sure that this person stays around me and likes me. And so if I give them a discount or I don't charge that much, maybe they'll stay around. And if they stay around, that means that I'm a good person. So that's a very simple way to, to a simple example of what happens around money and charging. Yeah, yeah, that's that's incredible. And, uh, you know, I was just wondering, uh, these questions are, are really, really important. And uh, so what are those? So you mentioned a couple of things, but what are those uh, limiting beliefs that you might have experienced with yourself or with other clients, female entrepreneurs, like what are those beliefs around money, limiting beliefs that they that they have? So I mentioned some of them, which has to do with, oh, well, maybe I, I can lower my rates or if I give a discount or, you know, maybe I can keep them around or they'll think I'm a better person if I don't yeah. charge that much. Mm. Um, another subset is that, money and clients feel limited and that we have to hold on to, we have to play small so that we don't quote unquote rock the boat and make clients or money go away. Mm-hmm. So we have this scarcity mindset kind of gripping the the money that we have and having a fear that the other shoe might drop or that something bad is going to happen. And so a lot of entrepreneurs play small in that realm. Mm. And instead of focusing on value, they focus on, let me just make sure that I don't push clients or money away by charging too much or asking for too much. And they stay small. They stay, you know, within a And this is how you also create income ceilings, you know, and you get maxed out. You're on the verge of burnout and you can't physically work anymore, but you're also, your income has stayed stuck for a period of like six, six months or more. That's when you can look at what those limiting beliefs are. What do you believe about money and charging money and finding new clients or finding new business? Yeah, that's a that's a great question there. Uh, what do you believe 
to be true uh, about money or something like that that can pull out some information already because I wanted to get back to questions mm-hmm. questions around um, questions about <laughs> limiting beliefs around money mm-hmm. and eliciting those beliefs in some ways and also another question would have been like where are those beliefs coming from right Mm -hmm. for example if someone is listening like am i even aware of those beliefs where are those beliefs coming from how could i you know just become aware of those beliefs around money let's say yeah so great question so i believe that we all are you know, as human beings, we have layers and layers and layers of our being, of our, our, of our subconscious. As you you know, we've been programmed from the moment that we are born. And science is also showing that we're imprinted even in the mother's womb. And now also science is showing that genes can skip generations and show up in later generations, which if you look at it from a, an emotional standpoint, we can also have beliefs passed down to us and even skip generations because trauma and trauma, what I'm talking about here, this is, it also goes hand in hand with limiting beliefs it's an imprint in your nervous system that affects your genetic expression. So a limiting belief can be passed down generationally through your genes. So as an example, and this is, um, this is someone I worked with, uh, an amazing woman I worked with a few years ago who She was stuck at $150,000 in revenue and she had been doing a number of things to break through that glass ceiling, but she was starting to lose hope. And luckily she found me. And so she flew from New York to where I was living in San Francisco at the time. And we discovered in the process that she actually had limiting beliefs that were passed down to her three from three generations ago. And I know you're thinking, how is this even possible? And it's, this is when we work with the unconscious mind, we can actually find very deep rooted limiting beliefs. And she was able to confirm that, I mean, she didn't know anything about her great grandparents, but she learned after the process, she reached out to her parents and sure enough, her great grandfather had lost everything in one of the world wars. He had built up a whole fortune that he lost in one of the world wars. And they had since moved their entire family to the US and never spoken about the tragedy of the loss. And so she discovered that her her revenue ceiling was held in place by a limiting belief that if she makes a lot of money, she's going to lose it all. Mm. So that is wow. one example of a very deep-rooted limiting belief that it may not be that easy, quite honestly, to find it on your own. But if you're working with a professional who is trained to elicit this and look at the patterns in your life and look at how you relate to money and business, you will be able to find these things. Because after or within six months of her breakthrough session, she increased her revenue with 58%. And she attributes that solely to being able to identify the greatest, most potent limiting belief that in fact was never hers to begin with. Wow, that's an incredible story. And thank you so much for sharing. You know, I just got really interested in those topics and curious, uh, the subconscious mind. And um, as far as I know, you learned hypnotherapy as well. And NLP is might be closer to these topics, limiting beliefs. But you know, so I meditate in the morning. And um, what I realized, and that's why I or went deeper a little bit into 
uh, neuroscience, not that much, not like a scientist or so, but I w- went through Dr. Joe Dispenza's book, the Breaking the Habit of Being Yourself. And, uh, and, and in general, when I got in touch with meditation, I learned about the brainwave states. And I know that when we meditate, we can get into these alpha or theta brainwave states. And this is what we that we get into during hypnotherapy as well i haven't experienced hypnotherapy yet or tried out or whatever but it's it's the uh the alpha state or brainwave state is the state where we the state between the conscious and the subconscious mind so hypnotherapist hypnotherapists bring you basically into alpha or theta brainwave state where limiting beliefs can come up or can be found. So I actually realized on my own that when I meditate, sometimes ideas or thoughts or beliefs come to my mind uh, that I have never encountered before. So it's quite interesting. And I do that in the morning. And this is what I wanted to mention one thing. And the second thing is because you mentioned that some of those beliefs are imprinted early on. And uh, I just watched a documentary. It's called uh, Brain Matters Documentary. It's, it's quite a new video. It's available on YouTube. And I would like to recommend it to you and also to the listeners because it's about uh, the early brain development and how, you know, it's it's really important that between the age of one, two, three, four, five, I don't know, um, the brain gets the the most out of the environment in order to fulfill its um, full potential uh, during the whole lifespan. So it's really, really interesting. And what I actually wanted to mention about this is that in the book of Dr. Joe Dispenza, he talks about the brainwave states and also that between the age of two and five, the brain is in an alpha state and then beliefs and everything that comes from the environment enters the brain without any barrier. So everything that is said or told around you, right? And then I was like, that's shocking because I don't have memories from my you know, age of two, three. Maybe I just got some beliefs there and I am not even conscious about or aware of those things right so i don't know if you have any thoughts on that but i was just fascinated by these you know absolutely and and so in addition to having limiting beliefs potentially passed down culturally or genetically or just from generation to generation mm-hmm. we in the in our youngest ages i usually say 0 to to 7 that's when most of the programming, the, the building blocks or the foundation for how we see the world is laid. And the foundation for how we see the world, it, one of the reasons that we bump into limiting beliefs that are you know, in business later on in life is because we built our house, so to speak, on a foundation that was created between the ages of zero and seven, when we had no filters, we had no critical faculty of our own, we had no ability, we just hadn't developed that part of ourselves is mm-hmm. to, to, to question the beliefs that came in. And very often children misunderstand. <laughs> and yeah. so we make yeah. up things, we make up beliefs about the environment, about other people, about ourselves, and and about money. And a lot of us grew up with all kinds of stress in the home as a result of money. You know, money and sex are some of the things that a lot of parents get divorced over. And mm-hmm. yeah. in the home, these the children don't so much listen to what you're saying. They're watching what you're doing and they're being programmed to to react in the same way as you are. And so a lot of, you know, this is true also for that client I talked about, that the parents didn't talk about money because money was taboo. It had become something 
dirty and dangerous. And so money was never talked about. And so mm-hmm. this, even hiding things from children doesn't work. <laughs> um, yeah. Because the children are absorbing everything from the parents, but also from their peers and from their environment and from media. And they have no way of discerning whether it's true or not. Mm-hmm. And yes, like wow. you said, when you meditate, you put the critical faculty, that is those voices that a lot of us hear, not everyone yeah. does, but almost every, almost all of us do. When we put ourselves into a deep state of relaxation, which you can certainly do on your own with meditation. You can also do that with listening to someone who's guiding you and or hypnotherapy. They're they're very much in the same category. You can put yourself into that state where those, those limiting beliefs or that critical faculty will quiet down so that you can see them better, just like you were talking about with the awareness and observing. So, and that is where once you put those critical voices to rest, that's almost the same as creating a state of accelerated learning. And when you do self-hypnosis, what you're doing is intentionally putting yourself into a relaxed state with the intention of programming yourself for something else. So you can, if you're a person in business, then if you want to be more bold and confident, you can actually program yourself to do that, especially in that state. And meditation is the process of quieting the mind enough so that you can see and observe things from a different perspective. And then you can make changes more easily from that, that place. Yeah, absolutely. I love it. When you're saying self-hypnosis, do you mean the meditation process or something else? Yeah. So the slight difference that I see when it comes to what meditation is versus what self-hypnosis is, it really is the first what the listeners need to know. There's not a big difference in the the relaxed state that you're aiming for. And the goal is to get yourself into a relaxed state. But when you're meditating, you're often going into observe while and often to create clarity. And when you are doing self-hypnosis, you are going in with the intention of changing something. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So you can do self-hypnosis to increase your confidence, to be more bold, to be more present, to be more charismatic. And as an example, it's a little bit of an aside, um, but I am doing a lot of self-hypnosis myself these days because I am intentionally putting myself in very new and challenging situations to prove to people that you can literally do anything you set your mind to and to conquer your fears and to break through your limiting beliefs. So as an example, right now I am training to uh, hit a fastball at baseball, and I've never done that before. So I'm doing a lot of self-hypnosis to train myself to be as close to a baseball player as I can. Um <laughs> And, and I'm also training to pull a 5,000 pound truck and you have, (laughs) (laughs) and this is all while having fun and bringing play back into life. And it's all to show entrepreneurs that if there's something that you want, you can get it and you can use the 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 tools of self-hypnosis, of doing mindset work, and you can literally overcome any kind of block you have in business and in life by doing this. Wow, that's incredible. And I um, I got really interested in this practice because actually I wanted to ask you about uh, some practices that you do. Um, self-hypnosis is something in order to shift your states as you mentioned uh get into a more confident state 
And for example, I do meditation, but I would love to try out self-hypnosis. So if listeners are interested, would you just talk to us a little bit more about how you do this or, you know, some guidelines for this? Sure. So the first step is is always to learn very basic meditation. So if you still don't know how to do that, the fastest way, well, the, the context that I like to give that helped me tremendously, you know, I'm no longer medicated for ADHD. And I b- firmly believe that that is a combination of me doing deep emotional release work, mental emotional release work, and also learning meditation. And meditation is not, the goal is not to sit there for a certain period of time. The goal is to get yourself into that brainwave state where you feel totally relaxed and open. Um, And so that's the first step is to get yourself into that state where the mind is less chattery, not completely quiet, but less chattery and you're more relaxed. And if you have a goal and an intention, just like, for example, I have never hit a ball with a baseball bat before and uh, I just started training for it yesterday. So I was just doing some self-hypnosis a little bit before the call here, Mm -hmm. really visualizing feeling in my body how I need to feel and being excited and alert and precise and confident and trusting myself more. So you go into that relaxed state with a message, essentially, to your unconscious mind. And you visualize yourself being, doing, and having the things that you want. Mm-hmm. And you stay there until you feel that in every cell of your body. You feel that you are, in my case, hitting that baseball, or you feel like you are receiving that $100,000 check. Mm-hmm. Wow. And you keep practicing that on a daily basis until your nervous system believes that it's true. And wow. that's really how you take things from the plane of thought. So from the, the thought dimension and transform it into matter here in the physical plane. I love it. I love it. It turns out that I do similar things because I do a specific type of meditation, which is creative visualization during meditation. So I get into a relaxed state and then I start my visualization process. So yeah, because I also wanted to mention that I managed to to shift my states because when I start meditating, I'm in a different state and you know I got into this inspirational state. I feel inspired by these images, by these, um, the things that I imagine it's different for me every morning. I sit down and I choose something. It's, it's really powerful. Thank you for sharing. And, you know, I wanted to ask you about, we talked about limiting beliefs and I just wanted to ask you about, uh, what are the things that you think holds people back from stepping into their greatness, you know, charging more, what have you experienced? I'm sure this is a quite common answer, but it all boils down to fear. It all boils down to fear. And the thing that keeps fear alive is shame. Yeah, uh, because I was focusing on fears and limiting beliefs. So, But I actually, I haven't approached fear uh, from the point of shame. So would you share some thoughts on that? Yes, absolutely. So there's someone who's doing phenomenal work around shame these days, and that's Brene Brown. I'm sure you've heard of her. So she started off as a shame researcher. And through that, she has published a series of books like Daring Greatly, The Gifts of Imperfection, and The Power of Vulnerability. Mm -hmm. And you know when we all, when we boil down what humans what holds humans back it is our ingrained survival mechanism which is tied to fear but something that keeps fear in place is shame about who we are and shame about what we 
have achieved and the fear of exposing ourselves. And I think this is very common when it comes to entrepreneurship. This is where imposter syndrome ties in. And what keeps people back, what holds entrepreneurs back is is fear and fear of being found out or humiliated. And this ties into shame. So, so when I when I work with clients, I do a transformational process where I help people clear out decades worth of baggage when it comes to anger and sadness and fear and hurt and guilt. But when it comes to limiting beliefs, the most destructive of all limiting beliefs are the limiting beliefs that you say as identifying statements. And those are the statements that sound like, I'm not good enough. I'm not worthy. Yeah. They are the huge ones, right? They are the huge ones. And they are connected and tied to shame. So if you don't have a way of clearing out your baggage that you've been collecting for decades and decades, it can be very difficult to get to the core and release those core limiting beliefs that are those identifying statements. And But it is entirely possible to do, of course, but that is why I have the job that I have is because these identifying statements, they're very tricky. They're tiny and they were formed at a very early age. They're usually formed zero between zero and seven. And because they're tied to the identity and shame, they can be very resistant to change. So um, the thing that keeps entrepreneurs small is that combination of fear and shame. Wow. It is so great uh, to... To hear these things, you know, because, <laughs> yeah, I'm just excited about these things. But it's huge, right? So identity is really the the biggest thing, right? So whatever you say, I am this, I am that, that's that's the biggest thing ever. Because then, yeah, it, it changes everything. The states as well, you know, when, I, when you say, you know, I am successful, you get into this state of being capable of doing those things or whatever it is, maybe it's not the best example, but I was like, you know, these statements, you might not even remember those if if they are coming from childhood or so. And so, wow, I'm just fascinated by these. And what I uh, actually wanted to say, and I want the listeners and people to understand is that it doesn't matter if it's, you know, business or personal life or or whatever area of your life we want to talk about. It comes back to you as a person, identity, beliefs, everything, because in entrepreneurship, especially, everything's going to show up. You know, the fear, the limiting belief part, everything, maybe on an exponential level. And that's why I'm focusing on entrepreneurs as well, because they, you know, tend to be exposed to these things more than other people, I believe. And then they need to be able to handle these things. So it's just an example for the listeners. If, <laughs> if they are spinning in, you know. Yeah, I, I like to say that, uh, you know, I'm not a, I don't have children yet, but I believe that entrepreneurship, romantic relationships, and being a parent are the fastest vehicles to deep transformation and spiritual growth. <laughs> and when you are an entrepreneur, you get to, to see yourself and what you're capable of in a whole different way than like when you're trying to build something for yourself, this is when you get to see who you really are. And it's a fast track way to bring up limiting beliefs. So you know, if you're sitting on the fence wondering, what are my limiting beliefs? Go and try to do something huge. Go to try to make a difference and notice what stops you. And one of the ways that I think the fastest way to start getting to those deep 
beliefs that were formed at such an early age that you might not remember is when you look at a situation in your life that is not the way you want it, ask yourself, what does this say about me? What does this say about me? And sometimes it can be too close to home if you say, what does this say about me? But let's say that because the the ego will come in to protect, oh, this doesn't say anything about me. But if you look at someone else and you create a scenario that is similar to what you are going through, as an example, you're not making enough money, then you can ask, what does it say about someone who doesn't make the kind of money that they want, having tried month after month after month? What does it say about someone who has tried five different things in the last month and nothing is working? What does it say about someone who can't seem to push through 24 hours a day? What does it say about someone who isn't able to create powerful business relationships and then so on and so on? And the more you ask that, you will be able to get down. You get to peel away the layers and you get to look at what is it that you subconsciously believe about yourself as it pertains to not making enough money or working too much or not succeeding in business the way you thought you were going to succeed. Wow, that's that's amazing and really, really helpful. Uh, thanks for sharing. And I just wanted to mention that um, you know whenever I think about my possible beliefs. I approach mm-hmm. this from a point that um, every action is belief-driven. So whenever I want to change an action or behavior, I ask myself, what might be the belief that is driving this behavior? Yes. Uh, this is because you mentioned question the belief. So I was like, this was a really good point of like questioning those beliefs and behaviors can help people, I think, to to identify a belief that might be driving that behavior. And yes. Yeah. So I just wanted to. Beliefs. Yeah. yeah I t- I'm fully behind you and all actions and behaviors are attached to beliefs and all beliefs are attached to values, mm. which the values are really the really unconscious uh, programs that dictate what's important to you. And what's important to you dictates your beliefs and then what your what your beliefs are dictates your behaviors so if you want to do deep transformational work you want to go in and really look at what is it that's truly important to you and that's when you make change on that level on the level of what your beliefs are and you clear away the baggage that you've accumulated over decades and especially you know, a fast way to accumulate baggage is start a business. <laughs> um, <laughs> it, it's it's a fast track way to to get to expose all your limiting beliefs and what you're what you truly believe is valuable. But the fastest way to create change is by going all the way down into the values system of what's truly important to you. And when you make change there, and you make change on the the identity level, your beliefs will change themselves and so will your behaviors and therefore your results. Wow, that's uh, beautifully said actually. And um, we are coming to the end of this episode and I I always ask my guests about uh, book recommendations. So I was just wondering what are those books, one, two, three books that transformed your life, you know, changed your mindset or Yes. Oh, I have so many books. So it's actually quite difficult to pick just three. (laughs) But the first one that changed my life was Awareness by Anthony DeMello, the one that I mentioned earlier in this episode. And the second one that I'd like to recommend is Think and Grow Rich for Women. And if you haven't read the original Think and Grow Rich, that's a great place to start. Um, But the last one that I want to recommend that made a huge difference for me as uh, a number of years ago when I was an entrepreneur who kept working and grinding and I was making good money, but I felt completely dead inside, Mm -hmm. that is essentialism. 
These are great books. Thank you so much for sharing. I didn't know that there's a book for, uh, there's a Think and Grow Rich for uh, women, especially. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So I didn't know that. <laughs> I mean, I, I read Think and Grow Rich. That's a great one. I can, I can say that. And uh, before I ask my last question, uh, please just tell the listeners where they can find you online and get in touch with you. Yes. So I'm on all the social media platforms, almost all, but the easiest way, since my name is a little challenging, is to find me at breakthrough-specialist.com. And that's where you'll find links to my Facebook and to my LinkedIn. I love hanging out on LinkedIn. So connect with me there, ideally. Yeah, I think that would be, those are the easiest ways to get a hold of me. Yeah, that's amazing. And the links are going to be in the show notes on the website and iTunes everywhere available. So people are going to find those. And my last question is, <laughs> drum roll. <laughs> so what is, what is your vision? Where are you heading with the things that you do now? Yes, great question. So I am right about... I'm a few days away from launching a YouTube channel where I'm wearing a superhero outfit because I'm the superhero version of myself, Sparkle K. And I am doing all kinds of stunts. Uh, the first uh, video or the first stunt that I did was uh, I, I had a goal of achieving 50 yards of cartwheels wearing my superhero outfit and I got to 75 um, yards. So that was amazing. But the whole purpose of Sparkle K and the You Can Too show is to really inspire entrepreneurs and people across the globe to truly mm. head for what it is that they want in their life and do whatever it takes to conquer their fears, break through their limiting beliefs and learn to have fun again because entrepreneurship looks glorious from the outside, but it's so easy to lose touch with who you are and what you truly believe is value in the process mm -hmm. of building something. And my mission is to inspire people to find that joy again and to have fun and not take yourself so seriously all the time. Mm. And so, I love it. <laughs> so I am going to be doing all kinds of stunts that, you know, people are suggesting. So I'm jumping out of a plane in a couple of weeks and I'm pulling that truck and everything that I do in those, the, that YouTube channel is a wow. representation for a challenge in life and in business. And I'm going to do whatever it takes, training my mind, breaking through my limiting beliefs and getting specialized training because we can create a world of peace and harmony. And I know that sounds very lofty, but the reality is if we remove people's fears and we remove people's judgments, we can yeah. create a world of peace because human beings love human beings. And we have so many world problems right now that I believe that can be solved through bold and courageous and loving entrepreneurship. And my wow. mission is to transform the world's, the lives of entrepreneurs so that they can go out there and solve world problems on a big scale. Wow, I love it. And uh, thank you so much for sharing. And I really love that you mentioned fun because I got so <laughs> serious. Yes. <laughs> in the last three years, I was, you know, just uh, moving around. I was living in Germany and Austria and <laughs> all over Europe. Yes. And I got really serious uh, because I was chasing a definition of success. And the reason why I started Mindset Horizon was, was for another reason. But, you know, I think it's a really important, as I set my intentions for 2020 and my words, it was about connection, mm -hmm. um, fun, and playfulness. And you mentioned, I think, all the trees because connection is really important. Human connection is really important. Yes. Core human need, right? And uh, fun and playfulness 
we you know must have those things it's a must have really so i agree. yeah thank you <laughs> yeah thank you so much for sharing those and uh thank you so much for being on the show i really enjoyed the conversation it's been a real pleasure thank you so much for having me What is up, Mindset Nation? Thank you so much for listening. And I really hope this episode's been highly valuable to you. And if so, please make sure to spread the word and share this episode with your friends. We are on a mission to build this community of Mindset Nation. So please make sure to go to iTunes, go to Stitcher and support us by rating and reviewing the show. And don't forget to subscribe as well. For more information about Mindset Horizon, simply visit our website MindsetHorizon.com and sign up to our weekly newsletter to get the latest information about new episodes, Mindset Transforming freebies, tips and insights. Make sure to follow us on Facebook and Instagram, leave us a message, we'd love to get in touch with you and hear more about you. Alright guys, thank you so much for listening, take care and be limitless my friends. <laughs>